0: Climate change threatens every one of us. But what would you sacrifice if giving something up could solve the climate crisis? We've done a big survey in every European Union country, in China, in the US, and in Britain, to find out what people are ready to do to fight climate change, to understand what solutions they think will work, and whether they're even worried at all about climate change now that COVID-19 threatens us. Then we spoke to experts about what it all means for the future of our planet, I'm Matt, and this is Climate Solutions. Today, down to work, COVID-19, teleworking, and changing behavior. The other day, my wife told me that we should be recycling the little pods we use to make espresso, and that to do so, we'd have to drop them off at a shop a few miles away from our flat. I was in a bit of a grumpy mood at the time, so I said, look, I separate our paper, tins, plastic bottles, tinfoil, and glass, I recycle used batteries. I even recycle the corks from wine bottles. Twice a week, I take plastic packaging to a recycling spot on the other side of the town where we live. I'm not making another trip to recycle these little espresso pods. But that morning, I emptied the espresso pods from the machine and felt very guilty. Am I the only one, I thought, who feels he's already doing a lot to slow climate change and doesn't want to take any further steps? Fortunately, I didn't have to wonder about that very long, because the European Investment Bank's climate survey has the answers. It also looks at the impact of COVID-19 on our individual climate action. Did you change your behavior during the COVID-19 pandemic? Of course you did. Do you expect to keep those changes after the pandemic is over? Maybe working from home a few days a week, for example? Well, that could have an impact on climate change, because fewer commutes means less carbon emissions... From transport? What other kinds of changes in behavior have there been because of the pandemic? And what else are people doing to cut back on things they do that contribute to climate change? Our survey asked 30,000 people from all over the EU, from the UK, the United States, and from China, this question. Are you making efforts to reduce your contribution to climate change? We gave people the option of answering, yes, I'm making radical lifestyle changes, yes, I'm making limited efforts, I'm trying but I can't make changes, or no, I don't feel it's necessary to reduce my contribution to climate change. Before I tell you the results, think about where you stand on that range of responses. Are you making radical lifestyle changes? Limited efforts? Do you want to change but can't do it, or do you think you just don't need to make a contribution? Let's take a look at the results. If you said you're making radical lifestyle changes, then you're in the good company of 19% of EU citizens, 27% of Americans, and 10% of Chinese. If you're making limited efforts, join the 58% of Europeans, 44% of Americans, and 75% of Chinese who are on that level. How many said they wanted to change but couldn't? That was about the same everywhere. 15% in Europe, 16 in America, 14 in China. Okay, and now the big raspberry, please, for the 23% of Europeans who don't think they have to make any change. In America, that stood at 29% and 15% in China. I suppose those people might all be living a lifestyle that doesn't damage the climate and therefore they don't need to change. But somehow I doubt that. So what does this mean for our future behavior and our chances of individually impacting global warming? And how does the pandemic tie into these results? I asked Adelaide Zulfi Karpasik, Director of Opinion Polls at BVA, the Paris polling company that carried out the survey for the European Investment Bank, the EU bank.
1: Well, it's obvious that the pandemic has uh, deeply changed the relationships to work and also to its organization, and not only in a um, conjunctural way, but also in a structural way. and even if it's too early to say precisely what the long-term consequences on teleworking will be, it is certain that a return to the past um, to the past sorry, seems unlikely and also undesirable. And just, just now I think that's, um, and I say that because it, my own company is having this reflection, but many companies are in the process of initiating reflection on the subjects um, to see what they will do uh, in a post-COVID world. Um, and even you have some, um, some companies that have already announced that they are giving up totally offices. Uh, well, uh, these uh, companies are very, are very uh, atypical. And, um, but I think that uh, for uh, all companies um, for which... Most of the activities can be carried out interworking. Um, they will probably opt for a mix mode. Um, and I think that uh, we really must take advantage of this unprecedented experience to ask ourselves and think collectively on the advantages and disadvantages of the changes that the crisis has imposed on companies. So I think we won't uh, go back to uh, full working offices. And studies carried out uh, among employees uh, they indeed show that most of employees um, uh, want to retain a part of teleworking, uh, not full time, but um, they don't imagine themselves go back to work every day. So yeah. um, the benefit for uh climate is obvious with the reduction of commuting to and from work every day.
0: So the pandemic has caused a shift, but will it really last? And is it enough? Martial Foucault, the director of the Centre de Recherche Politique at Sciences Po in Paris, tells me it will take something more to make a bigger change. And the call for change is coming from inside the house. No, it's not a horror movie, it's coming from inside your house because it's likely to be the younger generation that pressure you, unless, dear listener, you're one of the younger generation, that pressure you to make the big changes necessary to fight climate change. The
2: the big question behind that is uh, how young people could uh, blame their uh, parents, their grandparents, their family to continue to, to use a car that's, for me, the, the, main, uh, the main issue. Uh, and, and this crisis, this uh, sanitary crisis, could be like a critical juncture between the past and the future. Uh, but uh, it's not, uh, that will be not happen uh, in a few days or a few weeks. No, no, it will take a long time to change. And, and for that, you see, uh, politics... And economics are necessary, or uh, I mean, yeah, necessary and, and compulsory to, to engage a new change. You, you, you can observe a pressure from young people, but if young people continue to be less mobilized uh, when it's time to vote, there will be no change. The main behavioral change that we should observe after this pandemic. Uh, but who knows when uh, it will end. Uh, The the big behavioral change will be not necessarily in terms of transportation, but that will be probably more in terms of uh, nationalization of behavior, working behavior, uh, uh, leisure behavior, uh, consumption behavior. We should observe something more sustainable and more compatible with uh, climate change. But that will be not only economic activity, that should that, that concern all, uh, all movements and all uh, human
0: activity. The differences we found between China, the US, and the EU were often not so great, but there's one question where I was struck by the difference. We asked people what should be the most significant way to halt climate change? Should it be through a radical change in habits, through technological improvements? Public and private investment or government regulation. In the EU, 35% chose a radical change in habits. That was the top answer. But in the US and China, about the same percentage chose technological improvements. I wondered if this meant Europeans were likely to miss out on innovative climate technologies. Does this tell us that the EU is more business orientated as a society? Or that Europeans don't trust business to fix a problem that, in many ways, it created. Here's Martial Foucault.
2: If we want to understand the cleavage between uh, uh, US and Europe uh, on, on, on such uh, uh, issue, the role of uh, technology, the role of progress, technological progress, uh, is is closely related to uh, um, liberal democracy. So, liberal democracy in the US means that uh, the state has not to intervene too much in, in the society and in the economy, for sure. In Europe, it's different, totally different. Uh, you, you, you don't have such libertarian movement in Europe. Why? Because Uh, Europe has experienced many conflicts, war, and after such conflicts, the only institution able to to rebuild a society with infrastructure and so on was precisely the state. I'm not saying that progress comes only from the state. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that the state was able to regulate, to to finance uh, with public money, Technological advances. So for me, there is still a cleavage in terms of um, in, in terms of culture, uh, in, in terms of values, economic values or uh, social values on the role of the state between both uh, uh, continents. So n- now I'm not totally surprised to 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 observe uh, that uh, American uh, citizens uh, consider that um the the new behavior will not be forced will be not uh, regulated by the state that must that must remain an individual decision. In Europe, it's not exactly the same way of thinking. We consider that yes uh, if we if we expect that people consume less something very... Uh, in terms in, uh, in energy that will be an individual decision but this decision individual decision could must be framed into public regulations and that's for me the big difference uh, between uh, both uh, countries us and, and France or US and Germany uh, regu- public regulations are really important and and, and that's the big debate uh, currently. Uh, uh, at the European
0: level. So what do these individuals think is the most important path to a solution? From our survey, we see that 49% of Europeans think the solution should be from increasing the use of renewable energy sources such as wind and solar power. That was the top answer. Down in fifth place, with 18%, was energy efficiency. Energy efficiency means refitting buildings, including homes, so that they don't leak energy and waste it by putting insulation in the roof and better windows, for example. It could be a big, big gain in the fight against climate change. So I asked Ed Coulthrope, head of the climate policy unit at the European Investment Bank, the EU Climate Bank, if people had things the wrong way around.
3: We need both. I actually understand the... the, I think the response is is consistent with, um, to some extent, with... With investment on the ground, but the the simple answer is we need both. Um, why do we need both? Well, the whole transition is is founded on mass electrification, mass uh, capacity of, uh, of of low carbon electricity. Um, so you know, I think if you're looking at the modelling results in Europe, we have something like 400 gigawatts now of uh, uh, of low carbon capacity, and that. That really needs to go up by basically an order of magnitude um, by 2050. So huge, huge investments required um, in order to to ensure that we yeah, there's this mass electrification across the economy. But does that mean that therefore energy efficiency is unimportant? Not at all. Um, you know, this we need to keep this transition affordable. More, more than anything else, but also feasible. And once we're talking about you know trans I mean all of the embedded costs of of transporting that electricity and all, all of the you know, associated costs of getting it down to consumers, then clearly um, you know we need to keep um, saving energy where we can. And um, so there's, a, there's, a, there's an absolute, I mean, it's a, it's a priority. Um, it's a priority for the EIB, and it's a, it's a priority in European policy, because if you, if you take the, 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 the lid off that, it becomes, uh, essentially, it becomes very difficult to, to, to meet these targets in any realistic way. Am I surprised that people react? Like that? No, I mean, energy efficiency's been a, a real challenge to get um, investment levels up that are you know essentially in renovating to encourage people to renovate their homes um, it's perhaps easier in some sense for governments to set targets for renewables to provide incentive schemes you know you're dealing with you know, a relatively limited number of, of of industrial players by contrast a very different challenge to get all all home, homeowners to to, you know, to renovate and to, to, to you know, dip into their pockets and to change their, to change their boilers and to get the insulation done. And um, although there's been you know, plenty of attempts at it, and, and EIB is certainly central to—I mean, it's one of our big priorities—and we have many many ways we've tried to, to support this. Um, nevertheless, uh, it remains you know, actual investment on the ground remains it remains too slow, um, and you know, we'll, we'll certainly be looking in the next years to. To boost this.
0: We spent all this time asking citizens what they were doing to change their behaviors as a way of stopping climate change. But then I wondered what difference we can really make. I asked Ed whether individual changes in behavior are really important or are our own personal carbon footprints kind of immaterial compared to the big footprints of corporations.
3: You know, some, particularly when you talk to the uh, more environmentally conscious citizens, uh, there is a certain sense of frustration actually sometimes that so much of this debate, so much of the investment is seemingly led by corporations. I mean, it's very hard to, from the, from the perspective of a, of a consumer to actually influence the you know the target set for renewable energy, it's very difficult to influence how quickly Airbus is working on hydrogen. Um, it's very hard to get a sort of sense of, of of investment in in a number of low carbon technologies. So I, I do understand that actually. Um, that said, um, you know two reactions. One is. I think, that, as I say, the, the, it's, it's a little bit misleading to present this as an either-or uh, approach. It's, this stems from a clear commitment of governments um, to, to meet the goals of the Paris Agreement and the, the various contributions we've seen, but in Europe, the net zero by 2050 having a legal framework for that is crucial. So the consumer is kind of cent- at the end of the day in a market economy, the consumers are absolutely central. Um, but I do understand sometimes the frustration I mean frustration is perhaps the wrong word, but the what we all can do, or what I've done, is just download a carbon calculator and try to think through you know, I have a carbon budget now of. I mean, I think in Europe, where I risk getting the numbers wrong now, but I think we're at a, just under, probably around nine tons annually per person. U.S. probably you know 16. Chad, zero, almost. You know, I need to by the time my kids are you know my age, I, that needs to be zero or net zero.
0: To find the carbon calculator Ed mentioned, search on the internet for WWF Measure Your Impact. You'll see that the WWF has produced carbon calculators tailored to a number of countries, including Australia, Greece, Italy, the Netherlands, the UK, Hong Kong. Take a look and see how big your footprint is. I just calculated my carbon footprint, and I find it very slightly over the footprint the WWF says I should be at. I suppose I'd better start recycling those espresso capsules after all. Subscribe to Climate Solutions so you don't miss any of the results of the climate survey or the explanations of our experts. You can also read the full results of the climate survey at eib.org. Eib.org. In the next episode of Climate Solutions, you'll find out whether the price we pay for things is going to be the big decider in the race to stop climate change. So, discover whether you agree with the 30,000 people in our survey on the next episode of Climate Solutions from the European Investment Bank. The EU bank.